The Leaderpreneur Show, Episode 22, Humility and Why Leaders Must Exercise It, and Behind the Scenes. Let's go. Welcome back, my friends, to the Leaderpreneur Show, the podcast for leaders to deepen their knowledge while exploring an entrepreneurial journey to start a thriving online business of their own. Once again, I'm your host, Stephen Faust, and I'm here with my great and good friend, Michael Tanner. Hey, Michael, how is it going this week, my friend? Man, I've had a great week, Stephen. How about you? Uh, I'm doing great. Having a great weekend and had some rain in Arizona. It's kind of like... You're welcome. Yeah, it's you've had it all the last few weeks, but we we got some rain. Yes. And it's been been quite seasonably warm and or unseasonably warm. And the rain has fallen, which, you know, when it rains here, you you immediately check all your, your roofs for leaks because that's the only time you get to get to figure that out. I know where I work, every time it rains, it leaks. So that's, uh, that's a big, oh, wow. it's a big deal here in Phoenix, Arizona, my friend. Well, we've had, we've had plenty of rain to share here lately in Atlanta. So, uh, I'm happy to, uh, to share with you there. You can have all you want. You can keep it, my friend. You can keep all of it. <laughs> this is why I live in Arizona because it's uh, a beautiful sunny day is, uh, just the way it is most of your life. It's, it sounds like a beautiful it place. Is. Fantastic. So what what do we have on tap this week? Just thinking about leadership and uh, our good conversation last week. Looking forward to just continuing maybe uh, a similar conversation this week. Yeah, definitely. So last week, uh, as we talked about ego uh, and we told our audience what not to do, I thought it'd be appropriate this week to say, well, here's what you do do, right? Um, So, uh, you know, I thought it'd be great to talk about humility and being humble as a leader. That's obviously the, you know, the opposite of having a, you know, a strong ego is to be humble and, and show humility as a leader for your team. So I thought we'd talk about that with our audience today, kind of what that is, what does that look like, but then certainly how can you be humble as a leader? How's that sound? Yeah, I think it sounds great. And it's really the tail, the, these two weeks, it's the tale of two opposite ends of the spectrum. So I'm looking forward to that discussion. Yeah, that's a good point. I mean, you know, as we talked about last week, ego will definitely be the downfall. If you find a leader that has truly failed, and again, I don't mean just made a mistake, but I mean truly failed as a leader, I can almost guarantee you somewhere at the root of that failure, you're going to find ego. Uh, But the exact opposite is true uh, this week. And if you find a leader that has excelled, that has thrived, that has grown a team that is strong and effective and productive, then I assure you, you're probably going to find humility at the core of what that leader does. So uh, you're right. The, the, the downfall is ego. The rise of every leader is going to be humility. Yep. And I, I can't wait to see how we, uh, we unpack this one and have some examples and good conversation. If you're a listener and you have not heard episode 21 about this, this ego, right? You got to go back and listen to that. That sets up nicely for this conversation, because after this, you're going to have the tale of, of, of two sides of the coin here. And uh, it's really going to put into perspective what, what good looks like, what bad looks like, and, and what you can do to navigate those two extremes and make sure that um, you're on the right side of that. So looking forward to it. I'm ready to rock and roll, my friend. All right. Well, let's, so let's jump in. So 
I think the the first point I want to make here regarding humility is I just want to acknowledge that this is a inner character thing, if you will, right? This is not something that you can fake, right? A, a, a lot of people will talk about leadership or anything else for that matter, and they'll uh, talk in some phrase like fake it until you make it. Well, when it comes to humility, you just can't do that. Okay. If you, you know, if you're going, if your true inner nature, inner character, if you will, is one of arrogance and you try to fake humility, it's not going to work. People just see through those things. They see through them right away. And so you just got to first recognize that when it comes to humility, you got to first work on yourself. Before you ever, you know, consider going into the office and being, quote, humble, you've got to first work on yourself. And, and you know, wherever that is, at home or, or wherever, um, you've got to work on that inner character of humility. Um, now, for me, I, you know, I, I, you know, I'm not going to hide behind the fact that I get my humility from my faith. But that may not be your source of humility for you, um, but you've got to find that. You've got to find some source of humility that that, uh, that that builds that inner character. And the good news is you can create that inner character of humility if you so choose to do so. One of the ways that you've got to do that is you've got to, uh, you know, we've talked about appreciation and gratitude and things like that on this podcast before, but you've got to intentionally and proactively be looking for the things to be thankful for, to be grateful for, to to find all the good things that are in life and in your life and surrounding you. And those things, you know, just a recognition of those things to be grateful for tends to make a person more humble, right? And so you can create humility in yourself, but you've got to start there. Don't just go into the office tomorrow and think, oh, well, I'll just be humble in front of everyone because that's simply not the way it works. And when you say that, a couple of things come to mind about humility. And, and there's a lot of words that we can substitute for humility, but I think of it in this, this way and in these terms, humility is not a checklist. Humility is not something you, you go into the office with and you have, a, have a, a standard work document, a checklist, and the first item up for bid is be humble today, Right. Now, that may be a good trigger for someone who already has a good amount of humility to be a reminder, but to think you're going to create a checklist that says be humble and you're going to be able to switch that off and on and do that in a way that is genuine, that is uh, just not uh, so phony and fake that everyone can see through it, uh, you just can't do it that way. So humility is not a checklist. You have to be the right type of person to be the right type of leader to have humility. And it doesn't mean we're perfect. I am not perfect. I make a lot of mistakes, but it's something that I actively think about. It's not something that, uh, oh, I'm just a humble guy. I'd like to think that I, I have a lot of humility, but the reality is, is I'm, I'm an emotional human being because I'm a human being. And sometimes things can cause us to... To, to go up and go down in, in life. And we just have to think about being humble. Think about how our behavior, our character, our leadership influences and impacts others. And you have to do that sometimes actively. If, if, you, if you're always this 
like I am, this all this work in process. I'm never quite there where I want to be. I'm this I'm in this journey, not a destination. I'm going someplace that I'll likely never reach because I'm always trying to think about how to improve the way I treat people, the way I lead people, the way I get results, the way I can be more effective. And uh, I make mistakes all the time. But humility is is a as a to think about it in terms of be the right kind of person. Uh, don't try to fake it to your point. And it's not a checklist and it's something that you can get better at. You can make it a skill, even though it's really a behavior, you can turn it into a skill by the way you think about it and learn from mistakes that you make and taking feedback and listening to what others, others have to say. So <clears throat> that's what comes to mind as you walk through that um, kind of that first element of humility. Yeah. You know, those are really good points. You know, you, you kind of, as I was talking about, and you, and you said it there too, it's not a checklist and so forth. It's, it's just one of those things you can't manufacture it, right? You can't just, again, you can't just fake it. You can't manufacture it. You can't go in with this checklist of things that you uh, want to do to quote, you know, demonstrate humility. Uh, because again, people just, they sniff that out. They recognize that, um, you know, when you are, a leader that is trying to manufacture humility, what will begin to happen is your team will actually, the trust that your team has in you will actually start to decrease. Uh, the They will question your motives and so forth. When they recognize that you're, if you will, manu trying to manufacture this humility, then they'll begin to question your motives, trust will go down, and and it'll it'll do just the opposite, right? If you try to manufacture humility, it'll do just the opposite uh, you know, it'll, it'll actually destroy your team rather than build it up. Uh, so yeah, you just can't manufacture that. You've got to work on yourself first. Uh, so, but to your point too, I, I wanted to make, I consider myself a pretty humble guy. Uh, and, you know, and I, and I have to be intentional about that, by the way, I, you know, I, I can't, I can't just do that naturally, be humble naturally. I have to really, really, you know, consistently and, and intentionally work on that. But just like you, even though I'm trying to work so hard on being humble, my ego uh, can creep up on me out of nowhere. Uh, and so that's what, how I would get to number two here. And we talked about this a little bit last week. Uh, yeah, you got to work on you to be humble, this inner character to work on yourself. But you've got to consistently put the ego aside. You've got to do whatever is necessary to trigger yourself to make sure you're setting your ego aside. And I shared something last week, we shared a lot last week uh, that was really, really good advice. But one of the things I like to do is I just, I just repeat to myself time and time and time and time again, that the team is more important to me. The team is more important to me. And sometimes I'm saying that in my mind in the middle of a meeting, you know, I say it out loud, walking across the parking lot, whatever. I'm just constantly reminding myself that the team is more important to me. So after you work on this inner character of humility, within yourself, you still have to hold your ego at bay. So just completely be active about doing that. Yeah. And we talked about that last week a little bit about, um, you know, when you, when you get out of your car, you're walking to the building, just in your head, even say it out loud. People think you're talking to yourself, but that's okay. You can talk to yourself. It's not, it's not really that odd uh, these days. So talk to yourself, tell yourself the team is more important. And sometimes these triggers, these trigger words, can get you into right from the outskirts of this thought process into the center of this uh, this trigger going off to say, hey, I get it now. My day has started. 
the the team is more important than me. And but then you you've really got to got to follow through with the way you behave. Saying that to yourself and then demonstrating that to your team are two different things. One one is a sentence and the other is a behavior. And the behavior is what takes root. The behavior is what influences your team towards this shared goal. And the way you do that is going to be critical for uh, this humility aspect as well and this ego, because the opposite of humility is ego. You've got to have a balance. It's okay to have ego, but you've got to be able to balance it, manage it. Ego can come through in some positive ways because that's going to bring out a competitive nature in your team. But don't use ego for your own benefit. Use ego to the extent that it makes sense. Use it in how your team gets to a place of success, how your team leverages uh, that success and can can make a, a, a stronger team, a more successful organization. Uh, and, and think about it in those terms. And then you be humble. You be humble. Give credit to the team. Let the team uh, experience winning and those outcomes. You be a part of that pushing them forward. You stand in the background as a leader, push them forward, let them feel and understand success. And then this, this team with this, with this hum, humble or, or humility-based leader is going to really position that team for success uh, down the road. And um, that's going to that's gonna get this snowball effect, this energy going, this winning attitude. And teams that have figured this out with leaders who can practice humility who can balance ego, who can position their teams to win, that those teams get so much further ahead when it comes to organizational outcomes. And this notion that we talked about the final four, we talked about, uh, you know, March Madness, and we talked about how people wear teams wear t-shirts that say family, this will create an even stronger bond of this intentional family atmosphere on your team. And when you think about the synergy that brings, when the sum of those parts really can go affect an outcome, there's nothing that your team won't be able to accomplish. And the good thing about it is you're not going to have to sit there and as a leader with a whip, whipping to go, 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 go. They're going to be pulling you along. They're going to be pulling you along to this uh, promised land and to this success. And it's all because uh, the way you lead, the way you make a decision to be uh, humble, to use humility to to the advantage of the team, and check your ego at the door, because that, my friends, is what's going to get you to be this high-performing team. Yeah, Stephen, you you mentioned several things there that oh man, they they uh, definitely want to uh, respond to, but they also um, correlate very well with kind of my next point. So I'll just kind of put those two things together, my response to some of the things you just said and, and bringing up my next point. Uh, my next point is, is around the organizational chart and titles and so forth that show up in the organizational chart. Uh, now, naturally, when you have an org chart and, and you've got some titles and you've got reporting structures and things like that, those th- that's very necessary. So I'm, I'm not suggesting uh, there should be in a workplace this utopia of everybody you know, is on equal playing ground or anything like that. No, there should be an organization to the structure within your your uh, your business. But you've got to acknowledge that that has the tendency of putting these boundaries, these title boundaries between people. And oftentimes, you know, 
humility is necessary for the purpose of kind of breaking those boundaries down such that you can get good, meaningful input and feedback and, and so forth from, from people that are in other positions throughout the organization. And so, you know, you made, you made reference to earlier about uh, uh, giving credit, you know, being humble enough as the leader to give credit to the team when, when the team wins, you know, if you think about a coach of a, of a basketball team, we talked about March Madness last week. If you think about the coach of a, of a basketball team, after a big win, they're usually going to have a press conference. Man, how easy would it be for that coach to sit in that press conference and tell the press how good he is and how this win was all about his coaching and what he's been doing with these kids and, and all this and that. But you very, very, very rarely see that in a coach. You see the coach talking about, you know, how this kid was a rock star and how this kid has is, is done so much and he's going to be up above and beyond and he's worked so hard. And, and you hear them talk about the team and they give credit to the team. And you can really, really break down these organizational boundaries, if you will, if you as a leader give credit to the team when the team wins. Uh, we talked a little bit about it last week, I, I believe, as well. Though when the team is losing, you take responsibility as the leader. But when the team is winning, you give credit to the team. And again, you're showing humility there. It's not about you. It's about the team. And, you know, another thing associated with what you were talking about, and, and this relates a little bit to the org chart too, is I think a lot of people equate humility with weakness. Right. If I'm going to be humble, then I'm going to be some weak and meek little little leader that you know doesn't have a backbone and can't make tough decisions and and you know and can't really you know motivate and drive people to accomplish big things. No, that's the exact opposite. Uh, you know, humility. I'll just tell you straight up: you got to be a strong dude to have humility because uh, it's not easy to be humble. And so when you you know, when you demonstrate to me humility, I know you're a strong leader um, because that is not easy to do. In fact, it's much easier to be a dictator, you know, to be an authoritarian. That's so much easier, if you will, than, than to be humble. And so you can break down those organizational barriers by giving credit, and, you know, and, and just just uh, uh, not letting title come into to play here. Oh, well, I'm the vice president, and because I'm the vice president, no. That's not the way leadership works, right? You're you're going to break down these uh, uh, these organizational boundaries with humility by giving credit and 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 building relationships, no matter where they are in the org chart. Yeah. For, first of all, everyone knows who the vice president is. They know who the president and CEO is. They they know who people are. The last thing we need to do as leaders is remind them, right? Because that's a very good point. They, they're more aware of it than we are. And, uh, you know, we look at org chart. So I, I made a note here that it, check your org, check the org chart at the door, but, but you don't really check the org chart at the door. What you do is, is in my opinion, is we have this structure. We have an organizational chart for a reason. The corporate organizational decisions need to be made. A lot of it goes to uh, just the way the world is structured today. But what that means is, is to be humble means you don't have to pull out that title, right? First of all, everyone knows who you are. Everyone knows exactly what you do and everybody knows exactly what you don't do because they keep tabs on you better than anyone possibly could. And they'll, and, and if you're not doing what you need to do, they'll be, they might not let you know, but they'll certainly talk about it in their, 
in their circle and their team. So you don't have to remind people what your title is. And to be to be humble really is to to your point. You have to you have to be a strong dude. It's it's this it's this notion of quiet strength, right? It's easy for the 1970s manager to walk out into a uh, to a production floor, into an engineering room, or into a to any type of work environment, and say, "Guys, ladies, here's what you're going to go do." You know why? Because I'm the boss. I said it. If you if you need to uh, figure it out, here's a copy of the org chart. Let's start looking at that, and that's why you're going to do what I said. And you know what? That can be an effective way. I'm not suggesting that would last very long, or you're tenure as a leader, or you would have a lot of team members that would follow you, but that is a way to get a result. But I'll tell you that when you, when you don't have to tell people that and people respect you and follow you and look to you for leadership and guidance and advice and experience, because you are, you are sitting back demonstrating what your strengths are through a level of humility, through a partnership, through this, instead of sitting across from people at a table, you sit next to people at a table with your arm around them saying, how do we get from here to there? How do we go up that mountain together versus me sitting on the other side saying, you go up that mountain and I'll be up there later, but you get up there now first. So it's just this mindset of, 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 this servant leadership of how do you intentionally build a team, uh, this leadership notion that you call it of, of, you know, working together towards, you know, leading people towards a shared goal. This, how do you do that? You can do it with a heavy hammer. You can do it with a quiet strength, which is Mm -hmm. humility. And that comes through and people will follow you and want to be a part of what you're doing because of the way you lead and get results, not because of them and through them necessarily, but with them. And that's the difference to me. So, so Stephen, man, I don't know. Did you? I think you're cheating here. I think you're you're looking at my notes or something. Oh my gosh! You're leading right into the uh, to the next topic I want to talk about because yeah, I mean it's about uh, building up those relationships. You know. Nothing shows humility better than building good relationships with those people that are on your team. So yes, you you have a title, and yes, that title is one of some type of leader. You know, you're called a supervisor or a manager or a president or whatever. You you have a title and you have an org position that is above them. But when you build relationships with them, uh, that's showing an incredible level of humility on your part to build a relationship with them not because they're beneath you or anything like that, but because you care about them, you know, caring for those individuals you lead. There's a, there's a huge element of humility there. And it leads right into my next point of listening well to your team. So you, you talked about, you know, sitting beside them and listening to them and asking them questions about, you know, how do we win? How do we make our team better? How do we get to where we're wanting to go? How do we accomplish our goal? And you as the leader, are demonstrating, you know, large amounts of humility here when you're seeking that type of input, that type of uh, answers and, and, and solutions from your team. 
you know, it would be, again, it's, it's really, really easy actually as a leader to be authoritative and dictatorial, like you were talking about, I'm the leader and here's what we're going to go do. Uh, problem is with that type of leadership and you alluded to it, it's pretty short lived, right? Before you know it, you're not going to have a team to lead if that's your level of leadership. And again, that's kind of the ego uh, authority title based leadership. Rather, you're going to talk to and you're going to listen to your team. When you've got an important decision to make, or maybe you're making some adjustments to the, to the way you're doing things, uh, maybe you're changing the goal, you're, go, you know, you're going after something new or something different, it's really, really important that your team members are heard, right? That you spend the time to listen to them and, and truly listen to them, not for the sake of responding to them, but truly listen to them for the sake of getting their ideas and using those ideas for the decisions or the direction or whatever that you're going to make. You'll show humility in a, in a great way if you're willing to just sit down and listen to your people, let them be heard. And, and it may be that you don't even follow the advice they give, but because they have felt heard, then they know, you're, you know, as a leader, you're humble enough to at least hear them out even though maybe you don't go with the advice that they gave. They know you're humble because you've listened to them. Yeah, that's something that, that I, I witness on a daily basis where I work. So in the aerospace industry, um, we have a lot of folks that are, that are technical experts and running machines and different assembly or production processes and manufacturing. And I know that if we want to guarantee that we never ship a product, put me on it. Put me on it and let me run those machines. And I guarantee you we'll never ship a thing. So what I really leverage and love doing and learn so much is by engaging our team and listening. So this, this question of listening, it's, you know, some people can listen. If, if, you're, if your head is spinning and thinking about the next thing you're going to say when they stop moving their mouth, you're not listening. All you're doing is waiting for a, them to take a breath and you're wanting to inject your comments, your solution, your way of doing it in, into the equation. So that's not listening. Don't mistake that at all. It's, it's open mind. It's don't, don't uh, talk while they're giving you feedback or ideas. Listen openly, consider alternatives, think about truly what they're saying. And what I know about my environment, for example, is about 200 folks, they are all experts in their own right. And if we don't take advantage of their experience and knowledge and just history, we are missing as leaders, we are missing such a huge opportunity to advance the cause of the organization. So I know that our team, where I work, if, if we have a challenge, if we have a problem, or we have something we need to solve for, the last thing we need to do is get two or three leaders together and say, how are we going to solve this problem? We need to go engage people where the work happens. They are the experts. They will tell us the way and the method to get success. We have to give them that opportunity. We have to listen with an open mind. We have to, to your point, you're not always going to implement everything that, that they say, but you've got to at least consider it. And what I like to do is make sure that 
Uh, we go back to these people and say, hey, I heard what you said. It was a really good idea. Here's what we're going to do, though, because one of the downfalls of leaders that I think that kind of fits this topic that we're talking about and we talked about last week is you hear something, you get an idea, and then you just just it falls on deaf ears. The person doesn't know. Did you really hear me? Did you really understand what I said? Did you think to ask me any questions? It's not that you did or didn't implement their idea. It's the fact that their voice was heard possibly, but they didn't get this last piece, which is this follow-up to say, I heard what you said. Here's what we're doing. Here's why we're doing it. But man, I appreciate you bringing that to me because even though we didn't go with that, it caused me to think about this other possibility with some something else I heard that we formulated an even better plan. So that's what good leadership is about. It's about recognizing that your employees are not Duracell batteries that you consume and you get down to a, a, a very little charge left and you toss them away and go get a new one. You know, employees and, and people on our team, these are folks we have to invest in, in their ideas and their experience and their history and their knowledge and you've got to take it all in and you've got to make the best decision you can, not in a vacuum, but as a team. So to me, that's the benefit of listening. And that's how listening is going to cause leaders to be highly effective, highly engaged with their teams and create an environment where uh, you could just flat out win. So those are my thoughts on that. Yeah, no, that's that's. Excellent advice, Stephen, and, and something I think we as leaders oftentimes overlook. I, I think, you know, what you said there about when uh, when someone shares something with you and maybe the decision is is contrary to, to their suggestion, that need to go back to them and acknowledge that you heard their, uh, you know, their suggestion and you chose not to follow that suggestion. And here's why you chose not to follow that suggestion or or maybe you're following some of it, but not, you know, to the letter of the suggestion or whatever, that follow-up is crucial. Uh, again, if you don't do that, like you alluded to, if you don't do that, then that person is left to think, well, did he, did he really even hear what I was saying? Did, it, did he even understand what I was talking about or whatever? But when you go back and you follow up with them, no matter what the decision is, that is crucial because then they know, well, at least I was heard, right? At least I, you know, my, advice or my thoughts, at least they, they were humble enough to listen to me, even though they made a different decision. Uh, now, let me, let me jump into step number five here, if you will, or item number five, because it, it goes along with this one. If, if you haven't gone back and followed up when you didn't make a decision based on, then let me tell you what you need to do. And I'll just tell you, as it relates to humility, I'm just going to tell you right up front, this is the hardest part of humility. For any person, any leader, I don't care. I don't care who you are. This is the hardest part of humility. But I'll also tell you this: this is the one step that we've talked about here that if you don't do, it will completely destroy all the other efforts to be humble in your life. And that is apologize. It is the single hardest part of humility is to go back when necessary and apologize to someone or to some group for a mistake or for, you know, anything that you've done that you need to apologize for, you've got to go and do that. If you don't apologize, any of these efforts you're doing to demonstrate and build humility, just they, they just fall apart when 
something happens in the relationship. Some, someone gets frustrated, someone gets angry, someone gets hurt, some bad decision is made, whatever it might be. Uh, if you don't go back and then follow that up with a, with a good apology, and maybe we need to talk about what is a good apology, um, you, you got to go back and follow that up and be humble before that person and say, look, I'm sorry. That was a really, really bad decision on my part. You know, I, you know, I made it in a rush, whatever. I mean, you're not making excuses, but you're just owning this was a bad decision or, or, Hey, look, I think probably what I said in the meeting earlier today hurt your feelings. I'm really sorry. I, I, I didn't mean, mean it that way. It, you know, probably came out wrong. I certainly didn't intend to, you know, hurt your feelings or, or say anything that was too sensitive to you or right. You, you got to own those things. You've got to apologize about those things. Uh, otherwise, again, you've just kind of destroyed all the credibility that's related to your humility. If you're not willing to go back after a mistake and apologize for it. Yeah. You know, we, we've seen all of these, these people that apologize throughout our career. And, and when you, when you talk about apologies and apologizing for things, what comes to mind to me is, is sincerity, right? Yes. You've got to be sincere in your apologies. What I can't stand and it just drives me crazy is those people, and we've all seen them. Uh, maybe they're not widespread, but we've seen them around. Those people that use apologies as a tactic, as a tactic to, to create a, a way out of a tough situation. And it's, it's not standing on principle at times if you need to it's just the first thing out of their mouth oh i'm sorry oh i apologize oh i apologize and it just to the point where those people it just makes me cringe because you know as quick as it comes out of their mouth it's the most insincere word words that they could possibly say because a we know we don't mean they don't mean them and secondly it's it doesn't add any benefit or value to the conversation with that person. That person that you're apologizing to, if it's not sincere, is going to, you know, maybe not literally in front of you, but they're going to roll their eyes and go, here we go again. They're just deflecting. They're just not taking the right ownership. They're just not recognizing that, that we could have done something different. They're just, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. If you're doing that, you are not a leader. It's okay to have a position to to be firm. It doesn't mean you have to be a jerk. It doesn't mean you have to be a disagreeable, mean person. It just means that you are humble, you use humility, and you are straightforward and honest with people, and that when you make a mistake, and Lord knows I make plenty of them. I, I tell my team at times, if, you know, I make, and it's not about making mistakes, it's about repeating mistakes and being sloppy about those mistakes, about not correcting them. But I make mistakes all the time. And it, to make a mistake is to, is to fail falling forward, trying to accomplish something in good faith. But sometimes it doesn't work out. And when it doesn't work out, it's okay to say, team, to your point, Michael, I, I apologize for that. That's not the outcome I intended to achieve. That's not, there was an unattended consequence here that I just didn't see 
or or, or have uh, insight on or uh, you know be able to to understand that as clearly as I as I could have or I should have and it's okay to apologize but this goes back to these other steps which is if you listen better and you listen more and you listen open-minded you're going to going to apologize a lot less because you're going to have more engagement and interaction from the team so all of these things dovetail together and they they are leveraged against each other to be the right type of leader a, a humble leader who can recognize the value of a team and use that to make uh, to to drive forward this notion of of what winning and what culture and what success looks like and and when you when you talk about apologies one a mind could go oh yeah that's always good to apologize i would i would submit that it's not always good to apologize unless it's something that needs to be apologized for. And you can't do it so frequently. And that's the first defense mechanism that you pull out because people will see through that like a, like a clear piece of plastic. And it's just something that will undermine your ability to be an effective leader. Yeah. So, so good there, Stephen. I, I mean, sincerity, it must be present in an apology. Uh, you know, I would even submit to you that if you can't be sincere about an apology, it's better just not to even do it at all, right? I, um, because again, uh, you, uh, you're just destroying credibility as a leader when you're doing it in an insincere way. Sincerity has to be present, you know, and, and I got to imagine, I know I've, I've gotten this, this question directly before, and I got to imagine some of our listeners have this, this notion or this feeling of, well, what if I don't feel like I can sincerely feel sorry for what I did? Or, you know, what if I don't feel sincere in the need to apologize? Well, I would submit to you that you need to go back and listen to last week's episode, because if you've done something to hurt someone's feelings or offend them or, or, or hurt the team in some way, your ego, your, your emotions, your feelings of ego are keeping you from, do, from doing what is right for the team. If the team is more important than you, then you're willing to in sincerity go and make that right with those team members, uh, and you'll go and apologize. and And you can, as you said, you can you can see it coming when one you know an apology comes and it's not sincere. You, you know, you see those people like you're alluding to. They're they're just quick with the trigger. Oh, I'm sorry for that. Or you know they they just say it so flippantly that you see no sincerity in it whatsoever. But then even worse than that, you know, the ones that, that come your way and actually put, if you will, the fault on the, per on the other person, you know, you've heard an apology like this before, probably. Well, I'm sorry what I said yesterday hurt your feelings. Well, you just put blame on that person for having feelings that got hurt. What? No, that's not an apology. I'm sorry that what I said hurt your feelings. No, that's not an apology. Certainly not a sincere apology whatsoever. You know, but but that insincerity that sounds something like, you know, it, it's come to my knowledge that what I said yesterday hurt your feelings, and I'm really sorry for that. I I certainly never intended to hurt your feelings, and I'm sorry that you know I didn't recognize how that topic was so sensitive to you, and and I just didn't recognize that. I didn't know that, and I pro you know I should have worded that totally differently and just recognize how sensitive that it that issue is for you or something. Right? That's on me, right? It's putting it on me. So in all sincerity, I'm apologizing for what I said. 
not apologizing because that person felt offended by it. Um, so yeah, you gotta, you just gotta be sincere about those things. And again, I would submit if you if you can't be sincere, just don't do it. It'd be worse to, to just, uh, to do it without sincerity than to do it at all. Yeah, I agree. It's, it's sincerity is the key in, in so many things, the way you lead, the way you act, the way you talk to your team. If you're not sincere in, in all of that, then, then you probably need to find another line of work other than leadership. It, uh, you might be a better individual contributor. You might be uh, someone who can do a task very well. But when it comes to leading people towards a shared goal, if you can't be humble, you can't check your ego at the door, then um, it's something you should should really think about. So really cool. Unpacked five steps there. It's excellent. I thought it was a really really good conversation. And um, uh, anything to close up there? Or are we ready to move to behind the scenes? Well, let's just jump behind the scenes. I'll do a call to action. I'll tell everybody to be humble in the call to action. How about that? Perfect. Let's do it. So, so I'm just to kind of jump behind the scenes for me this week, uh, I'll jump ahead here and, and talk about what I'm doing in the business. Uh, I've been talking about community for some time now here on the podcast and, and yeah, I've been doing a lot of work to get the community up and running and it got that, uh, I kind of feel like I've gotten that off the ground and it's starting to move. I've got a few community members that are just phenomenal with uh, referrals and bringing new members into the community. So really kind of getting that thing off the ground. And so what I want to do now, I want to kind of turn some of my attention back to an effort that I mentioned several weeks ago in the podcast. And that is just this need to get better known out in the internet world, right? Get my name and my brand and my leadership message better known out in the world. And, and one of the, the ways that I was wanting to do that is to uh, is to be a guest on other podcasts, other leadership podcasts and things like that. And so I'm kind of moving my attention back to some of that effort. And uh, one of the efforts that I want to put together there is when I make a proposal to be on a podcast, I want that proposal to be really clear, uh, you know, really clean, really concise, and, and really communicate to a podcast host uh, what I can talk about and what value I can bring to their audience and, and really make this about what value can I bring to their audience? Because as a podcast host myself and, and, and a podcast host here, obviously, you and I, we're concerned about, well, what is the message and what is the value that we can bring to those that are listening to our podcast? And I know every podcast host is going to feel that way. And so what I'm turning my attention to building is, um, for lack of a better word, I'm going to call it a media kit, if you will. Uh, but it's a document that would, you know, describe well who I am, what are my credentials and things like that. But more importantly, it would describe some of the messages and some of the content that I can share with the audience uh, of a podcast and, and bring them value. And I'm pretty sure that I've settled on the three topics. Um, I love talking about my golden rule of leadership. I love talking about, well, what is the, the, why is leadership development even important? You know, I think a lot of people and a lot of businesses overlook the need to build leadership skills within their people. So, you know, just the importance of leadership development. And then lastly, uh, kind of a third topic that I'm, I'm really passionate about, obviously, is community. Why is community necessary around, you know, leadership development and so forth? You know, there's a, there's a saying about leadership, it's lonely at the top. Well, my feeling is it doesn't have to be. Right. If you put yourself up in the high castle alone, then yes, it can be lonely. But if you're willing to be in community with other people that are in similar leadership positions, learn from each other, that type of thing, then it certainly doesn't have to be lonely. 
And so I'm, I'm working to kind of put together, if you will, a media kit so that I can then be very, very active about going out there and being on other podcasts and getting known out in the internet world through that. So that's kind of what I'm going to be focused on in the, in the coming week. Yeah, it's good stuff. And as human beings, we are designed to be in community, right? That's, that's the way, it's the way that humans are, are designed to interact with each other. So creating that forum where they come together around this topic of leadership, I think it's cool. And, and the traction you've gotten um, up to, I don't know, 20, 21 people now in just a very, very short period of time. And that's starting to now snowball and, and, you know, I, I see that growing. You'll be, you'll be at 50 and a hundred people. And when you get to 50 people, a hundred people, it's going to take a life of its own on. It's going to be a much more engaged, robust discussion. I'm really excited to see, see what, what happens for you on that journey. A little bit of selfishness, because I can't wait to see all your great success so I can take it and create my own community and, and take all of your learnings and things. And I can see you doing a course someday, uh, a course about this community and about how to put together a community and things you've learned. I think that'd be very interesting to see. So I, I think it's going really well for you and I'm, I'm a part of it. I'd encourage every listener out there to go to community.credibleleaders.com. I get that right, Michael? Community. You sure do. Oh, that's awesome. So community.credibleleaders.com. Yeah, it's that's awesome. Uh, go there, check it out, become a community member and, and uh, start participating in those conversations. And another thing that both of us are taking advantage of, I think, is this, and we heard this on, on, uh, uh, from Paul Klein on his podcast, uh, about Spotaguest. So this community.spotaguest.com, if you're a podcast host and you want to either either be a guest on a podcast, as they call it, uh, want to be a guest, or you want a guest to, to uh, you want to be a guest on someone else's show, or you want a guest for your show, this community of about 2,500 members right now is a place that, again, kind of like your community, it's a community for people to go seek out others who are like-minded for that. So you and I are getting more engaged in that behind the scenes. I think that's uh, a good way to, to kind of hit on a couple of tones to really get our message out there and really practice our message and our craft as well as become much better known as well. So that's something that we're doing. Uh, I really like the media kit idea. That's something that I'm going to do at some point as well. Uh, so I'm looking forward to seeing your journey there. Uh, I still, uh, I picked up a new coaching client, so I'm working with that individual beginning this Tuesday. Uh, well, we're recording. That's another topic behind the scenes, but Coming up as we record this, coming on Tuesday, I begin a, a new relationship with a new client, but takes me to behind the scenes, what we're doing around our podcast workflow, where we said, you know what, we're always cutting it. I don't think we've missed a week. I don't think we've missed a week since we started this podcast. We, we, I don't I, think so. Nah, no, I, I think we had a week in there that we had some conflicts going on, but we, but we recorded two episodes, I believe in one day and made sure we protected and, and, and you brought it up and I thought it was a good idea that let's get at least an episode ahead. So as we record this one on our normal day of Sunday, we actually accelerated last week and episode 21 uh, was recorded on a Tuesday and it gets released uh, on our regular routine coming up here. So we're trying to get a week ahead. And I think that's just going to reduce any potential stress or conflicts or issues that might put us at risk of, of missing an episode. So I think that's a good idea. I'd love to even at some point get two or three episodes ahead. That's something I think that 
Um, you know, some, I, I, podcasters out there that are really doing well, that are consistent. Some of them, I heard a, a, a friend of mine talk the other day where he was eight podcasts ahead and felt like he had some margin in life again, and he could focus on a few other things without having to worry about recording a podcast. So I don't know if we'll ever get eight ahead, but I'm really happy to be one ahead. And uh, I think that we're going down the right path here. Yeah, no, I, I'm, and I'm glad you mentioned that, Stephen, too, because, you know, I, I'm not accustomed to this talking in the future. And so I, I just know that uh, I will slip up at some point in time and talk about tomorrow or a date or whatever and, and forget about the fact that what we're recording is not going to go out for another week or two or whatever. Right. Uh, so, yeah, we, I've definitely got to get better at this speaking, uh, you know, in the future before we could get eight episodes ahead or yeah. something like that. I just can't fathom that right now. But, you know, the whole point in doing that is to make sure that we can serve our audience very, very well by being consistent with getting some content to them. So we're trying to everything that we can to make sure that we're consistent in doing that. Yeah. And I, and I think um, you're right. It's, and, and this is something we're trying to build. We're working to build our skill and craft around being podcasters. You know, I say way too many ums and ahs and stutters and, and things, but in some ways that makes us human. We're not, uh, you know, on, on, um, on TV doing uh, big network TV shows. We're, we're two normal guys that are trying to get their own gigs matured and, and become better known in the world with, of what our niche is. And, you know, we're just normal guys talking and we're not perfect and that's, that's life, but we're trying to get better every day. So that, that's what's going on with me. Uh, what is on tap for next week? And maybe just close this up. Yeah, I'll do that. Perfect. So, uh, so yeah, next week, I'm really excited about next week. Uh, we're going to kind of put the humility and the ego thing aside. And next week, we're going to be really tactical about helping you deal with difficult conversations. So maybe you have a team member that you, you know, you got a situation and you've got to sit down and have a difficult conversation with that team member. So that's going to be uh, episode number 23 next week. So I'm excited to share that topic with you. As it relates to humility this week, uh, my call to action to you this week would just be, you know, to, to, uh, to go back to point number one we made there and recognize that humility is an inner character thing. And you need to work on yourself first before you ever worry about going into the office and trying to fake humility be sure that you build that inner character of humility uh, for yourself first. So that's your call to action from a leadership standpoint. You can certainly find all the show notes information. So let me give you all of our .com websites. If you head over to leaderpreneurshow.com, you can find the show notes for today's episode. All of Stephen's leadership content, coaching, availability, and all of those things, you can find those at aerospaceleader.com. He's got links to his coaching. He's got links to his other podcasts and all that. So you can find that at aerospaceleader.com. And then everything that is me, you'll find that at credibleleaders.com as well. Credibleleaders.com, you'll find everything about me there as well. And again, next week, we're going to talk about difficult conversations and kind of teach you and show you how to go through those difficult uh, conversations. So join us again next week. And until we speak to you then, from Stephen and I both, be blessed and lead well. Thank you.